Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. In this episode, I tell a story about Jesus calling people to bypass materialism, why I love Ash Wednesday, and treasure that shows up in the middle of a world-changing pandemic. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. These are stories to surprise, encourage, redirect, and sometimes turn life upside down, all in the name of love. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. I invite you to join me for this unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Today's episode is called Poise, Ashes, and Treasure. When I first met my husband-to-be, he had a favorite t-shirt that was based on the saying, those who die with the most toys wins. But he is a fan of sarcasm and wasn't a materialistic person. So his shirt said, those who die with the most toys dies. While the humor was quite dark, I loved the shirt and the perspective of the man who wore it. The shirt sent a message early in our relationship that there were other, better things to be treasured. Which brings me to the text that is set aside for the holy day that marks the start of Lent, Ash Wednesday. You probably have some questions about Ash Wednesday or Lent. Is there more to this season than people giving up sweets and chocolate and coffee? Thankfully, yes, there's more to Lent and Ash Wednesday than giving up something sweet. So here's some facts about Lent and Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is the start of the liturgical, or something to do with worship, season of Lent. Lent lasts for 40 days and is meant to be a time of remembering or preparation for baptism. It's also about repentance, or turning away from self and turning towards God. A fun fact about the word Lent is that it's derived from the Anglo-Saxon words Lenchton, meaning spring, and Lenchtented, which literally means not only springtide, 
but also was the word for March, the month where the majority of Lent falls. The season of Lent ultimately leads to Holy Week, Easter, and in my part of the world, spring. So this season of prayer and, for some, fasting is upon us. The practice of the imposition of ashes, marking the forehead with a sign of the cross with the ash, is a visual reminder that this season has begun. Another fun fact is that the ashes used to mark the forehead are made by burning down the palm branches from Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, the year before. This burning down of palm fronds into ash is something I look forward to. It marks my journey and my start to this season of Lent. The church I attended as a child didn't observe Ash Wednesday with the marking of foreheads with ashes. But I do have a memory of my Catholic classmates in school being excused from class on Ash Wednesday to go to Mass and receive their ashes. I used to wonder, if this is about Jesus and Easter and Palm Sunday, then why don't I get ashes too? I was also probably a little envious of the fact that they got out of school. But my curiosity remained. When would I receive ashes? I'll say more about that in a moment. You might be wondering about the practice of giving up something for Lent. Because I wasn't raised in a church that observed Lent, I associated the giving up of sweets for Lent with dieting. Way to go, diet culture. But the giving up of something for Lent, whether it be sweets or coffee or meat on Fridays, is actually practiced to make room for prayer. A person would give something up, and when they wanted that thing they had given up, they would use the time that used to be taken up by it to serve others, to pray, or to read scripture. So while my first idea of giving up something for Lent was about self-control, the real intention of the practice of giving something up was to make room for prayer, devotions, and service to others. Remember the story I told you about my spouse's shirt? Those who die with the most toys die. This is where the intersection between the historical Lenten liturgical practices and scripture meet. The reading for Ash Wednesday is Matthew 6, 1 through 6 and 16 through 21. And verses 19 through 21 capture the concept of not getting tied up in material things. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. On Ash Wednesday, I gather up my ashes burnt from last year's palm branches, place them in a bowl, mix them with some olive oil, and mark the foreheads of people as a reminder of this liturgical season of fasting. To pray, when I make the mark of the cross, I say these words, Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. These words, in a gentler way than my husband's old t-shirt, says the same thing. We don't live forever. How will you use the life you've been given? The lesson from Matthew is Jesus speaking to the ever-human condition to get caught up in stuff. And Lent is a time to shift our attention from all the stuff and toys to the spiritual and sacred. You might think it's strange, but out of all the liturgical high holy days, 
I think that Ash Wednesday is my favorite. I love that this day cuts to the chase. It doesn't pull any punches, and it asks me to ask myself and others, blending the words of liturgy with the words of Mary Oliver's poem, The Summer Day. Tara, you are dust, and to dust you will return. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Which brings me to this week's Holy Shenanigans story. This summer will mark my fifth year in ordained ministry. July 30th, 2016 was the date. One year ago, I began my second call. In church language, a call is a place where a pastor serves. And before taking this second call, I went through a discernment process of writing a document, considering leaving the church where I was first serving, to consider a new church placement. When a pastor seeks a new call, it's a long process with lots of documents, lots of interviews, and a final weekend-long interview and voting of church members to say yes or no to the prospective candidate. I may or may not have called this process a pastoral beauty pageant, minus the crown and flowers in the past. As you've probably figured out, this process takes a lot of time and energy. It takes a lot of pondering and prayer and asking God questions like, Is God calling me to stay here or go there? Do my skills and gifts best fit here or there? Does the church and ministry described there in a very long report catch my interest? I share this peek behind the process of being called as a pastor reminds me a lot of this season that is called Lent. Both are times of great discernment and asking God to help turn and direct us in the way that God would have us go. So one year ago, it was Ash Wednesday, and I was at my brand new church. I was giving out ashes in a drive-up, ashes to go. The church did some publicity, saying the new pastor has arrived and she'll be giving away ashes and praying with anyone who drives up to the church on Ash Wednesday. It was cold, but exciting. I was in a new place. The TV news showed up, and the volunteers and I gave ashes and prayed with the passers-by for the early morning commute and well into the evening drive home. It was a rich and full day. I got to meet so many new people. A wonderful start in my new community. And then, two weeks later, we all started to learn about a virus that would change our worlds more than we ever imagined. By March 15th, most of New York was in shutdown and my expectations of what it would be like to serve in a new church and a new community changed. Enter virtual worship, all worship and Holy Week via the internet, Zoom meetings a many, lots of Purell, physical distance, and face masks. It's now one year later, but we're starting to see glimmers of normalcy. Vaccines to the virus are becoming more readily available and people in their resiliency have used creativity and innovation to solve a plethora of problems, to stay connected and imagine the world and worship in whole new ways. Many people have asked me what it's like to start a new call in a new place as a pastor in a pandemic. Some days it was exciting, others were overwhelming, some were lonely and heartbreaking but there were many days where I felt 
really connected. My new start in a new call almost perfectly lined up with the new experience of 2020 for everyone because everything changed and we had to find ways and continue to find ways to work together and care for one another. Everything changed, but we were in this change, this unique time, physically distant, but together. Ash Wednesday is my favorite liturgical holy day. And this year, myself and my team of volunteers will mask up, bundle up, head outdoors in the February cold, and pass out our pre-packaged, do-it-yourself ashes. We will take what we love about this day and safely meet people where they are and ask them the holy shenanigans God question. Tell me, what will you do with your one wild and precious life that reminds us all that we are dust and to dust we shall return? After our global experience with 2020, It's probably no surprise that Ash Wednesday this year will be different in some ways, but same in others. There will be prayer, there will be ashes, there will be people physically distanced and masked, but present and attending to the spiritual treasure of their wild and precious hearts. There are lots of ways to pray, to fast and to shift our focus from the gathering of many toys to nurturing our spiritual lives. I hope that our experience of 2020, the pandemic, the terrible loss of life, ongoing efforts to learn and relearn how to love all people will help us this week to consider the treasure of the heart and work to grow a beloved community where we are. And if you're worried that I'm going to ask you what you're giving up for Lent, don't fret. I'm not going to ask you to give something up. But what I do ask is that in a world that is ever-changing, for you to make room for your spiritual life, for prayer, for meditation, for service to others, this season of Lent gives you and I the space to discern, to think, and to wonder what are we called to do with our one wild and precious life. In April of 2020, I wrote a song called World Change. It's based on my own experience of working as a pastor in a pandemic in a brand new place. What follows are the lyrics to the song, which will serve as this week's poem. People loved that we long to see with our eyes, oh, let this be. People sick that we long to hold to the depths of their soul. Long for touch and long to be held in the arms of infinity. We didn't know how the world would change. We didn't see this strange new way. We long for a brand new day. What new way can our world change? Oh, how I need the sound of the train and the fall of spring rain and the promise we'll be home again. Seek to live full and complete. Seek to be dignity. Seek to say what must be said. Seek to pray for all that's best. Send a touch and simply be held in the arms of infinity. Oh, how I need the sound of the train and the fall of spring rain 
and the promise will be home again. We didn't know the world would change. We didn't see this strange new way. We long for a brand new day. What new way can our world change? We didn't know how the world would change. We didn't see this strange new way. We long for a brand new day. What new way can our world change? My name is Tara and this is Holy Shenanigans. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred but never stuffy. For more information on this podcast, please send your messages to holyshenaniganspodcast at gmail.com.